everybody, Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We have a great conversation with Chris Amuler, founder and CEO of FanWord. Chris was also a tennis player at University of Nebraska. We learn a lot about how FanWord connects and tells the stories of every athlete across the NIL ecosystem. It's a great conversation. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Steven from Campus Inc. We're back with another episode of the NIL Show. Amazing guest today, Chris from FanWord. Uh, we're going to be talking it all up about NIL tech, bunch of things going on. Chris, what's going on? Nice to finally meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you guys as well. Um, very excited to be here and yeah, thanks for having me. Sweet. Chris, where are you from? Uh, from Germany. Can't hide are the you, accent. So, yeah. <laughs> are you a Roger Federer fan? Is that the Federer? I F? sure am. That's a, that's a Federer. That's 15, a big And then, yeah, Nebraska Huskers in the middle. Yeah. Did you go to Nebraska? I did. I did play tennis for the Huskers a long time ago. So, 2008 was my freshman year. Yeah. 2008. Nice. That's when Roger Federer was going to f- win that fifth. What number was that with that <laughs> RF? 15 yeah. or something, right? So I think that is just his logo that's been around for a long time and, and probably shouldn't that, say this out loud for as a Federer fan because I don't know the <laughs> entire story of it. But um, you're probably referring to number 18. He 18. kind of did some stuff with his logo, I think, for his 18th slam. Um, yeah, I was 19th. in high school when that logo came out. I played tennis in high school. Wasn't good nice. enough to do college. But so you played at, you played at Nebraska. Were you pretty good? Like were they D1? I mean, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure I should, like, should I say that I was good? I don't know, but, um, sure. yeah, I had a, you played Adam, D1. Adam, I had a pretty Adam decent will tell you, career, Adam will yeah. tell you, Adam will tell you who's the best volleyball player, you know, west of, <laughs> west of Nevada. You're talking to him right now, baby. Every, every day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, maybe I should grow a bit of that confidence, but no, I mean, it, I did, I did fairly decent in college. Yeah. You guys hang your jerseys up behind you in your office. That's how much there's. <laughs> There's Adam's volleyball jersey right behind Sean. That's right. I, Chris, I'll tell you, don't it's not confidence. I just I'm I'm ancient enough that nobody remembers what happened. And so you get to yeah. you get to make your story as you go. I love it. Good strategy. Hey, we we've got a great question that we always like to kick off with our guests, and, and especially you being a former, you know, division one student athlete. What would be your slam dunk restaurant NIL deal? uh today not 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 college you today chris what's your slam dunk restaurant nil deal i mean it's not a restaurant so i'm gonna pivot i guess but just food related anything related to nutella i mean you know (laughs) count me in and that that's just that's a lifestyle right there yeah so if there's a nutella restaurant which there probably is I'll just come say to that. Chicago. We, we've got the first Nutella Cafe here in downtown Chicago. We'll pitch you to them. It. It'll be great. <laughs> what is Nutella best on? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but probably bread. Um, actually, awesome on bananas. Okay. Um, so, do you not eat, you not butter, eat Nutella, Sean? I mean, I, I know, but I know that you can have Nutella on all kinds of different things. I wasn't sure if there was an optimal. <laughs> Food item that you put Nutella on. So I was curious if Nutella, Nutella King knew. I've seen somebody was, put it on meat. I would stay away from that. But yeah, um, that's like a yeah, fondue. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that I don't think I would like that. But anything else? All right, Chris, tell us a little bit about FanWord. Um, we follow you guys quite a bit. Part of the NIL community. 
Tell us, uh, yeah, tell us it in 30 seconds. Like, tell, tell us a little, a little bit about it. Fanwood is really all about uh, student-athlete brand development. So, so we build different products to really help athletes uh, build, their, build their brand, protect their brand, and also help them kind of market their brand. So I think the easiest way to kind of look at it is um, we're, really to try, we're really trying to do whatever it takes to put athletes in the best position possible to take advantage of resources like, like you guys, right? Or like uh, other platforms out there that they can use to monetize their name, image, and likeness. So we're really all about helping athletes tell their stories and, and understanding how they can you know, grow their audience and, and, again, build up their personal brand. So that's really kind of our uh, bread and butter. And we, we primarily work with... Um, Athletic institutions, that's our number one like customer, I guess. Um, we work with roughly 40 uh, schools, have three products on the market, um, and you know, indirectly then work with thousands of athletes from these institutions. Sweet. So if you go to fanword.com, just looking at it here, I think the three products are storytelling, education, and directory. Maybe? Spot on. Yep. Sweet. <laughs> Got a very simple and easy to, easy to use navigate website. Okay. Thanks. Those are... It's interesting, right? Like we have a lot of conversations every day about how do we help our athletes sell more merch? How do we help them tell their story? Mm -hmm. Why did you pick these three? How did you come to this point? You know, like dive into the a, a little bit, maybe your favorite one, um, sure. you know? Yeah, no, I'll give you the quick backstory and then happy to elaborate on that last question too. But Fanward Stories was really our first product and what we kind of became known for as a company. Um so back when I launched this in 2017, the, the idea was really to help athletes uh, get a little bit more of the recognition that I felt like they deserve. Um, and, and whether it was high profile athletes or athletes from like, you know, lower divisions or, or sports that weren't always in the spotlight, I just felt like it was very, very, like pretty much everything you, you saw online about athletes was about, you know, their performance and their, you know, numbers and stats and, you know, that kind of stuff. But hardly anybody focused kind of who these athletes were underneath the jersey and outside of sports. And that's really something that I was madly passionate about and still am to this day. So that was really the first product of really, you know, figuring out a way, can we help produce content and help, you know, these athletes again, become kind of known for more than just being an athlete. Um, and we started reaching out to institutions to just kind of get a feel for, is this something you guys are interested in? Is this something that's, you know, valuable to you and your fan bases and your sponsors and all that good stuff. And, we just learned that there's a little bit of a, you know, just a lack of resources, almost for the lack of a better word, of, of spending the time on producing this type of in-depth content to really help athletes across the board, uh, you know, again, tell their stories outside of athletics. Um, so we kind of saw a little bit of an opportunity there and, and kind of just went after it. Obviously, many, many pivots later, um, we landed, you know, where we're at today. But that was really the first product. And then when NIL came around or when we found out about NIL, which was roughly 12 months before July 1st, 2021. We knew we wanted to be a part of this and we knew that the storytelling, yeah, would be a big piece to it, but we wanted to kind of go beyond that. So that's when we kind of came up with, with Fanwood Coach, which was our education product or is our education product, I should say. Um, and then as, you know, July 1st came around and the market kind of started to evolve, we felt like that there was a need for for a directory, um, and that's really kind of the you know what 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 brought Fanward Boost to come around. So so Chris, so Fanward had existed before NIL, right? Yep, spot on. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And, and it was primarily more the storytelling, helping, helping athletes with brand and things like that. What were like the actual, you know, if I'm an athlete at Nebraska, what would it mean like to work with you guys? Like what, what was that ex- or what is that experience like? Yeah, so you, you, you're absolutely right. So Fanward Stories was, was the only thing we were doing prior to NIL. And the concept really was to, you know, we work with an institution. The institution purchases X number of uh, content pieces from us, whether those are long form or short form. Um, and then we collaborate with the institution to kind of, you know, find the, the, the powerful stories. Um, and then let's say the institution says, hey, it would be cool to tell, you know, basketball players, ABC story. Um, we essentially get in contact with that athlete and then just start working on, you know, what kind of story to tell, what's the best way to tell it. Um, and then we provide the institution and the athlete with, you know, usually a written piece. We kind of focus on on kind of the first person perspective, Players Tribune style. That's kind of our uh, bread and butter, but we also create uh, landing pages. We create social graphics that the institution as well as the athlete can then use to kind of promote the story and drive traffic to, um, you know, the content. So, so it really depends a little bit on the individual partnership, but for the most part, that's kind of the process. Yeah. Gotcha. It, it's an interesting concept coming from an athletic department. Uh, Chris, I, I worked at Maryland athletics in the communications mm-hmm. department. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know we used to see the players tribune stuff and, and we would say, gosh, we would love stories like that, mm-hmm. but we didn't have the bandwidth uh, yep. to tell those first person stories. And so I can see exactly Sh- Sean, where you, you came in. W- w- Talk to me about Players Tribune because I have, I have this is actually the second time I've heard yeah. about this today for the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it sounds a lot like what Chris was doing with their first person stories. It's essentially uh, an athlete is writing a very powerful story that comes first person from their perspective, but usually they have a ghost writer, somebody that's really good at writing that writes the story on their behalf, but it's coming so, from from their perspective. So basically when I write blogs, that's really Sean <laughs> writing <laughs> blogs or when my Twitter's running, it's Sean. On the on the occasion. Yeah, but it's all about that social or all about that emotional connection to the fans. We're always constantly thinking about how can we connect our athletes with our fans, get them more interested in our sports. Spot on. Buy tickets, come to games, whatever it might be. And this is such a fantastic, you know, uh, model or opportunity because like you were talking about, Chris, there are so many of these stories, ways that NIL has impacted athletes that go way beyond just those like marquee sponsorship deals, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, oh, this guy's driving a Ferrari now. Like there's such a deeper and and wider impact um, to to tell and and to give the app. athlete the platform to do that um give the athletics department the platform to be able to kind of wave the banner of their individual Mm -hmm. athlete stories as well that's that's such a a great value add there yeah i appreciate it and and yeah to your point just to kind of add on to that like i'm sure you guys all have heard the saying of you know every athlete has a story and and i just kind of you know we go far beyond that we feel like every athlete has thousands of stories right like you can tell a story about just you know, your Saturday's game in, in a gazillion different ways, right? And, and um, the, you know, capturing the right story and, and learning how, like, which story to tell and where to tell it and how to tell it, that's, you know, the magic formula. And that's just what we're really trying to, to assist with. And, and to Sean's point, yeah, for the athletic department, it's often just a matter of, you know, they don't have the bandwidth to do it. And, and you know, providing them with, with powerful content that, fans care about sponsors care about and really showcase you know in the in the era of nil maybe 
who that athlete is outside of sports may open up an opportunity um, that, you know, otherwise just would never open up. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you saying this. Chris, when, when you guys do that, like say, so, so do you primarily work for the schools on behalf of the athletes or are you working with the athletes directly? Like how, how does that work? Yeah. So, so again, our customer is the athletic institution, right? So they purchase again, X number of stories, for instance, and then they, for the most part, kind of, you know, again, we, we work together on, on who to highlight and who to feature, but then, yeah, the institution gives us a name and says, Hey, we would love for you to focus on this athlete. We learned about this, but we trust you well enough to kind of extract the, the the powerful story or another storyline here. Um, and so the, it really the, depends a little. Yeah. You know, go ahead. So then, and then, or sorry. So then does that mean you guys help push it too, or do you just give it back to the school so that they can then push it? I mean, we help push it, but I mean, let's be real. The schools as well as the individual athletes have a much more powerful brand uh, than we have, right? So the school we often build a landing page for the institution all on brand, right? And that's where we publish the story, send the school the link, send the loop, the, uh, the school, the social graphics, as well as the athlete. And then the school publishes it, the athlete shares it, we share it, um, media outlets share it, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Wow. It's like you're a publicist. What's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a marketing yeah, I mean, agency for them. Yeah. 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 To a point. Yeah, what's, sure. uh, what's, what's one of your favorite stories you've published? Oh, man, honestly, one of my favorite stories, and again, it's such a tough question because we've done close to like a thousand stories now, and there are so many, so many powerful ones that really, you know, I just love telling. And But one that really stands out to me was actually with a Division three football player uh, from a school called Nebraska Wesleyan. And the guy had like 900 followers on social media, but his story was incredibly powerful. Like he was you know, contemplating suicide because of a bad breakup. And he talks about it very openly and then kind of shifts gears and talks about, you know, how his teammates kind of helped him out of that hole and, and what it meant to him. And then in his last game ever, um, right before that, he found out that the brother of his ex-girlfriend then had committed suicide. So he dedicated his last game to this guy, uh, scored a touchdown in his final drive that he ever played, his first touchdown ever. I mean, it was just kind of like a movie-like, wow. you know, storyline. Yeah. And that wow. story just went completely viral, like legit viral. And what it was so cool about it is that the school had like maybe 8,000 followers. The athlete had like 800. But the power of the story just showcased, showcased doesn't matter, right? Like if the story mm -hmm. is powerful enough, it will gain the traction and the attention. And it just was, was you know, unbelievably great to see. And, and you know. So, Chris, when you talk about covering something like that, you know, you guys have to do a lot of investigative work, interviewing, like how, how do you guys, what's that process look like? Do you, do you have a copywriting team? Do you have like a video team? Do you have a creative team? Like what, what goes into something like that? Like that kind of production? I mean, it seems intense. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say 95% of the content we produce is written content from that first person perspective. Right. So just purely from a, from an operations perspective, we don't have to fly out. Right. And, and we have creative folks on our team. We have videographers, cinematographers. Um, we have a lot of writers um, and we have graphic designers. Right. So we have a big creative team. But in this case, similar to to as audited sounds, what we're doing here, we love these conversations. We, we're all about authenticity. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't love we don't really like to script um, the interviews either. So, yeah, we, we do our fair share of research, obviously. And, you know, the school often shares a sentence or two about, you know, why a particular athlete, for instance, was selected. 
but then yeah it's really just a conversation and because we are like a lot of the folks that do these interviews we are kind of like we're not much older than these athletes pretty much all of us have have an you know athlete background we're not from the institution we're not a media company we actually give these athletes editorial control before anything is ever published they get a chance to look at it so they feel very comfortable opening up and that i think adds to the to the power of these stories making those really you know unique and 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 again just fun to read yeah so as the as has that part of the model shifted as you've gone into NIL or is that still pretty much the exact same what you were doing prior to NIL um has that shifted I mean it has certainly evolved right like okay. um but the concept of you know again us still selling to individual institutions hasn't changed sure. we just launched I think 10 new schools in the last 2 months which is awesome um awesome. you know and and really really powerful but especially with our latest product, this directory, we really, really, really see a big path for that um, moving forward. And we want to integrate uh, service offerings like this to an individual athlete as well from an institution, for instance, that we aren't working with. So um, same goes for our education, right? We want to integrate these these uh, pieces into the directory. Um, so, so we certainly see a different path for it moving forward. I mean, we even work with companies sometimes, right. That do an NIL deal, for instance, with an athlete, um, and want to have that story told, um, in this case, it might be video content, right. And we are, we're more of a creative agency in that case, but, um, anything related to storytelling and student athletes, we want to be top of mind for folks, um, moving forward as well, for sure. Yeah. What are you... Chris most excited about. So obviously there's like the pivot to like offering the directory and education. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you feel like is the long term like you know <laughs> what's what's the big crazy goal for you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean honestly this is the the big passion is definitely helping the you know men's gymnast from a division 1 school uh you know build up a brand that he or she can monetize now because of our work and our help, right? So uh, really just that this empowerment piece is, is just fascinating to me and, and really providing these athletes with everything they could possibly need to maximize their NIL potential. Um, that is really what drives us. And the directory, um, I really think is a, is, is, is a brilliant starting point. And granted, I'm biased because we came up with it, but um, <laughs> I really think from a, from a marketing perspective of really, you know, increasing the visibility for these athletes and enhancing their accessibility and really just making it easier for these athletes to showcase who they are. And then again, integrating it with services like the storytelling, like the education, um, really, I think could, could create these perfectly well-rounded athletes from a brand development perspective that really allows them to make the most of, of these, this, this new era. And that's really what we're shooting for. So a little bit of, you know, wishy-washy answer here, Stephen, but, but <laughs> that, that's really, you know, it drives us without a doubt. It's part of our DNA. I think one thing that, you know, I even ask is like, how is this different? How is this, you know, like you guys even say, we want this to complement like FanWord boost to complement your existing partnerships. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I think sometimes people get confused. Like, wait, I thought they were on that platform. What was going on this and that? Can you elaborate? Yeah. Spot on. So, so the, the, the core premise, I guess, of FanWord boost of our directory is to give an athlete, a profile, almost like a Linktree-like profile where they get to aggregate 
pretty much everything about their brand and NIL opportunities in one place. So so I don't have to explain that to you guys. You know, there, there are so many platforms out there for athletes to monetize their NIL, right? We don't want to tap into that. We don't want to get into the deal facilitation piece, but we want to allow the athlete to list a link to the merch, right? That they're selling to their open doors profile, to their market price profile, to the NFT they're selling, to, you know, other stuff, right? We want to give them the ability to have everything in one place. And then, uh, subsequently, you know, pretty much filter it all or, or aggregate it all by by institution, by conference, by sport. So that if you're, uh, you know, in the Chicago area, you're your local business and you want to see all the Northwestern baseball players uh, that are selling merch within two clicks, we want you to get that information. If you want to see all the Northwestern athletes in general that aren't cameo, we want you to get that information within two clicks. And that's what we've built, right? So that's really the long-term vision of the directory, we're not a marketplace that's competing with you guys, for instance, or anyone else that really puts dollars in the pockets of these athletes. But we want to help complement solutions like yours um, for for to drive more traffic to it and more eyeballs to it. And that's really, you know, integrate. Yeah, go for it. I Sorry. think what's really cool, we started to meet people in the space, market price, like open mm-hmm. doors guys, influencers. And like everyone has such a like we're everyone's like doing it for the betterment of the athlete. Um, I don't know guys like Adam, Sean, like, you know, we're just talking to Jason at market price and like everyone's kind of like finding a good, good spot. And like the Lincoln bio part, like, duh, why isn't that there? Perfect. Fan word boost. Right. Um, Adam, any, any comments there on on what it's like, what it's been like? Chris, you know, you and I met for the first time months ago. Um, I, I can't remember if it was spring or, or early summer and, and just from, from my side of the conversation, we had had a lot of meetings or I had had a lot of meetings with people where it was like, uh, I, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> what, what their kind of priorities are. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, immediately there was this kind of synergy and understanding of what, what the actual priority is. Um, not, not just around, you know, the near term, but also what's, what's the long term win here mm-hmm. in this NIL space. Um, and yeah, it's, it, I think as time has gone on and a, uh, a phrase that we kind of always throw around here internally is, is the score settles itself. Right. Um, and we've kind of seen that and here we are full circle coming back to these conversations where a lot of these organizations that have an athlete first focus that, you know, are, are, are trying to find sustainable long-term solutions for the betterment of the industry, for the betterment of the institution, for the betterment of the student athlete, um, are, are finding ways to fit that puzzle piece together. Uh, and it's creating this really exciting momentum in the space. So, you know, you, you have this education and, and coaching side as well. I'm curious, you know, from the institutional side as well as the athlete side, what are what are some of the challenges? What are you guys focusing on in terms of helping people navigate, helping people improve? Is it professional development? Is it unraveling this net of NIL? What What are some challenges you guys are taking on there? Yeah, so so from the get go, the way we kind of positioned Fainward Coach was was more of a life skills development uh, education, right? Like we we're massive proponents of of the ninety nine percent, right? Like you 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 hear a lot about you know the athletes uh, getting a new car and signing six figure and seven figure deals, but that's just not the norm. And and to be frank with you, the the schools that we work with, especially on the education side. It's just not a thing there, right? So we we from the get go really wanted to kind of hone in on that part of the of of NIL, I guess, of, of really you know how can we help these athletes 
develop life skills um, that will help them succeed outside of college, outside of NIL and, and after college as well. And that's really what we've built, right? So it's essentially a, a platform full of educational resources, online courses, uh, webinars, a marketplace directory, and some other educational stuff that really just teaches these athletes, you know, everything from from like a, you know, more of like a protective education, like financial literacy and social media literacy and what to pay attention to in contracts and taxes and that good stuff. But then also like niche education, like podcasting or merchandise or uh, how to be a better storyteller, how to use a platform like LinkedIn, how to communicate with brands, right? So it's really, you know, more of a well-rounded holistic life skills approach than, you know, here is how to maximize earnings, right? If that makes sense. It's part so, of it. But, yeah. so, th so then Chris, is that, do the athletes pay for that class or is that something you guys just offer? Like, what is that like? Mm -hmm. So it's, a, again, a product that we sell to institutions. Um, gotcha. So every institution that we partner with, they get a, a wide label uh, version of, of that platform. Um, then all of their athletes can, can sign up to that. And again, like all the educational content, that is something we want to integrate into Boost as well for, you know, that athletes can, can then access individually and don't require their school to work with us. But um, at this point, yeah, it's, you know, us partnering with the institution and the athletes having access to that. Yeah. I, I think what's really cool, you know, our NIL approach has, has, it started, you know, it's pivoting or it's evolving. And, you know, what we're finding is our partnerships with the universities really, they're kind of like the, the anchor of all this. Mm -hmm. And I, I compare as I I'm pitching to like a lot of investors and, and people right now, and I say like universities are trying to make the best possible experiences for their athletes no differently than a career center. So like at the University of Illinois, we had the Deloitte Career Center and that's where you could go in for resume prep and, you know, they would have mock interviews, they would hold career fairs. NIL is no different, right? Because it is, it is professionalizing and preparing these adults um, for, for how to, 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 like operate in this real world that they're going to go in if their professional career doesn't work out, you know, in pro sports. So I think this is the beginning, you know, you guys are at the forefront of it. Adam, I'm curious at Northwestern, you, know, you teach in sports management. What do you see from, from a higher ed standpoint? Are, are there classes starting to be spun up in this? Yeah, a hundred percent. And in, as with most things, it's, it's really fascinating to watch the different, institutions adopt their own different approaches, right? Um, you know, you have schools that that attract the type of athlete that's a lot more entrepreneurial, maybe a lot more um, uh, academically focused, um, you know, kind of understands Duke. Duke is a, a great example of this. Um, you know, when, when you go to Duke, you know, you're going to get a very wonderful education that probably is focused on some sort of financial services or, or, or some sort of business path. Right. And so it's interesting to see a lot of these institutions start some of those undergrad and grad classes that are focused on, you know, athletes and non-athletes to understand how to professionalize themselves in this space. But I, you know, I think the, the biggest thing we're seeing is, um, is focusing on the athlete's ability to understand what their market actually is. Do, do you think Adam, like, or Sean, maybe, I mean, you were, work, you were traveling with the athletes. Do you think they're going to start t picking, you know how like maybe athletes are picking like easier classes because they know they are going to be working on their sports or whatever. 
not to say like they're they're doing that as much as do you think they're going to start to pick classes that will help their nil well i mean if they're not they should right Right. it's the same way i mean i majored in kinesiology when i was in school um not no no small uh reason because i was like hey man i know there's going to be a bunch of other athletes in this program (laughs) i know this is going to help me you know in my understanding of athletics and sports and performance and all that um and so, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have to kind of double dip. Maybe it wasn't the most lucrative degree uh, path I could have chosen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if people aren't thinking about, hey, I should take a digital marketing class or an e-commerce class or, you know, I know I'm going to create a, a profile on FanWord. I'm going to go create a, or take a creative writing or a storytelling class. Um, they, they 100% should be thinking about that for sure. Sean, I was going to say the same thing. In it. fact, I think there might even be a greater sense of urgency for athletes to uh, take those business marketing classes early. They have a, uh, a they have a bigger platform than any student on that campus. I think I always say that naturally with NIL, it's going to be the same as any other businessman on campus or a kid that has an entrepreneurial spirit. The cream is going to rise to the to the top. It just so happens that athletes have larger platforms and they have a little bit of a greater urgency. If you're a big time freshman basketball player, you're going to want to learn uh, how to best monetize what you're doing. the The other thing that that is really exciting, and I think Chris, you and I even chatted about this a long time ago, and we're starting to see it come to fruition now, is institutions and student athletes even leveraging the different departments on campus, right? Like when, when you get a new NIL contract, you know, you're taking it to the law school and having some students look over it with you. Um, you know, when you're creating some video content or creative content, you're going to, you know, the digital media school and, and partnering with, you know, some of the students there, or the professors there. And it's this, it's this kind of, uh, ecosystem like you were talking about Stephen, that actually kind of helps everybody involved and you know i know chris you're close to nebraska is that is that kind of what you guys are seeing uh down there in lincoln is is really kind of grappling with this whole ecosystem supporting each other yeah 100 percent. and i love the way you both put that adam and sean and nebraska i believe was one of the first maybe the first uh, school to launch an NIL program uh, back in the day and to actually get campus involved as well. And we do talk to campus quite a bit too. And yeah, you're right, Adam, we did chat about this. Like Nebraska actually does make a, a conscious effort of, of involving uh, the journalism school from from a media perspective and all that good stuff. And I think, what what what, what did we see the other day? Was it Syracuse uh, the other day? Was it Syracuse where uh, students, I think, are offering free, <laughs> free legal support? Um, mm-hmm. It was some institutions, so don't quote me on it. But anyways, to your point, yeah, you definitely uh, see more and more departments getting involved. And I think that's one of the beauties of NIL, right? If you stop looking at it from a, from a exclusively from a financial perspective, it puts a lot of emphasis on building these types of skills that, because I mean, let's be real, two years ago, there was probably a storytelling class or some sort of, you know, similar resource available as well uh, to athletes, but they probably didn't care about it as much now with nil at the very least i think it it creates a little bit more more emphasis and and um you know urgency i guess to 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 develop those skills and i think that is awesome and one of the best you know underlying uh benefits of the whole nil era so yeah definitely i i think um What's really interesting, you know, we say at Campus Inc., um, we work with our, we work with students. Some of our students just happen to be athletes. Sean mm-hmm. has actually spent the last couple of weeks building out um, kind of this program 
around working with students to support our athletes from a media journalism standpoint. Sean, could you talk a little bit about what you've been, it's complete, it's different than, you know, obviously writing in first person and stuff, but Sean is all about these big community building things. Sean, can you walk us through what you're doing right now and how well, this I, is I helping just think to sell that merch? If you're going to go to somebody and, and try to sell merch straight up, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of success, but it's not going to be, I don't know. It, it's so in your face. It's, it, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't, resonate with me as much as if I am in a community and I'm in a community of other fans who are really into it. Uh, and then the shop is also secondary. So that's kind of how we view the social accounts. Um, if we were to start one at Nebraska, it would be a Nebraska NIL store. Would love to make that happen, by the way. Um, if we were to start one there, <laughs> they've, got, they've got a few things to figure out this week, Sean. Maybe, maybe, maybe not a good week for Nebraska. Um, yeah. but, but it will be this community of fans following the social account. And so you're, we, I, I tell our students that run our accounts that we have right now, I want you to be cheerleaders for your teams. I want us to be the good guys. There's so much negativity surrounding sports and criticism. I want us to be a platform where people can go for positive news around your school and your sports and what's going on um, and make the athletes that we have signed feel good, make the teams that we have signed feel good. Oh, and by the way, we're also selling merchandise for these athletes. And if you buy their merch, you're putting money directly into their pockets at a pretty good commission rate. So um, that's kind of the whole thought process behind that. Yeah. But, but I think what's cool is like you're training them yeah. on how to use Twitter the right way and, and training them on, okay, how to, how to, how to be a cheerleader and what to live tweet and what to do this. It comes naturally to you. But when you teach a 20 year old how to do this, yeah. I mean, and they go to their first job at graduation, they'll be like, well, tell me about what you did. And you're like, go to the I, Indiana I like store think, and you can see what I did. I like to think I, I know what I'm doing. You know? But in real. reality, and I tell the kids this too, like this is a, this is a, <laughs> sandbox for you throw things against the wall we used to say this at maryland all the time like social media it's such a finicky thing you never know what's going to stick so just try new stuff don't be afraid to do it and so we started to see that with our students a little bit where they were you know it happens with everybody you're a little hesitant at first and then you're like oh well i'll just try the next post if this one doesn't work i'll do that Chris, do, do you guys ever do you guys ever teach them how to do you ever manage their social for them or is that no. Yeah, we we don't we don't manage their social. No, we have through the educational product. Uh, we have um, a social media literacy course slash webinar, and and through Boost again, uh, there will be a lot of service offerings through FanWord Boost again. A lot of the educational resources and and the storytelling will be some of that, but there will be other services kind of geared towards helping athletes uh, with certain brand development related pieces, not, you know, on the community front per se, what you just talked about, Sean, and I love that. And I love the concept of it. And it speaks to what Adam, you know, mentioned earlier of, of, of building something for the long term, and, and, you know, the value will, will come uh, inevitably if you do that. And that's just one of the, well, quick shout out. Yeah. One of the many reasons why I love I, you guys. So I what think, you guys I do, think, so. I think this is interesting because we come from, we're, these are our tech companies, right? Or tech plays and we're playing, you know, people are like, oh, you sell NIL merch. I'm like, yeah, we sell NIL merch, but there's such this long tail game we're playing that when I love when people compute like to us, like, oh, you're just selling like fanatics or like this. I'm like, yeah, sort of, you know, but we're, we're, we're not, um, you know, yeah, merch kind of comes second, kind of the same with you guys. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, you go to the school's 
you create this stuff so it has long-term lasting like that's what we call in business like there's finite games and infinite games there's like a famous talk and these are long-term games that that you guys are playing and, and that we're playing no I, Sean, I wasn't but the one something. thing i would add on that is and i'm i'm sure chris that you have seen this with different schools there's some schools that just get it when you're selling it to them and there's just others that don't and they want to know well how does this directly benefit us monetarily or financially and it's hard to say like how much as a value a story brings to them or whatever. Um, and so you're just, I'm sure you've dealt with that, right, Chris? Oh, 100%. And yeah, I mean, with, with fanboard stories, for instance, we often like, like offer it or essentially pitch it to them. Hey, sell it as a sponsorship asset, right? Sell this as a mm -hmm. content series. And because to your point that does come up, like, of course they get, a, they often look at any investment they make from an ROI perspective and, if you can, you know, directly showcase, well, you're going to get 50 grand if you can sell this as a sponsorship asset and, and you just have to pay us X. Look at the difference, right? I mean, and sure, that might, you know, go to, to multimedia rights holders. But, but nonetheless, you certainly that conversation comes up a lot and it makes sense. But yeah, the athletic departments that are that are and I don't want to say that the ones that are looking at it from that angle aren't forward thinking, but the ones that are you know, certainly forward thinking and embrace NIL as more than just, you know, again, just don't look at it exclusively from a financial perspective. I do think they, they're, you know, it, you instantly feel that alignment because they get it right. And mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to sell to anybody for that matter, if they don't have that same mindset. And quite frankly, also not quite sure those would be the types of schools we want to work with because we constantly would feel like an uphill battle of, of trying to convince them of the value of what we do. And, I mean, even from a, like just exclusively, again, going back to the storytelling piece, our content performs really, really well. But none of our partners, none of our partners uh, look at it from, a, okay, how does it perform compared to X, Y, and Z? Like give us, like we need to know all these metrics because it is secondary to them. They understand the value of, of giving their athletes a voice, of using it in recruiting, of saying, hey, mm -hmm. you come to our school, we, we, we give you actually once again a voice to tell your own story and be more than just an athlete. Uh, the fans, you know, commenting, the athletes reaching out saying, hey, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to share my story. They see that value, right? And it's hard to, to, to you know, put a, put a monetary value on that, right? But yeah. So, so to, to answer your question, we definitely see it, but, but we're very, very fortunate that the schools that we work with uh, don't always just look at it exclusively from that perspective. Yeah. I, you know, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about some of that professional development piece that comes along with, you know, the digital marketing, the, just the, the way that NIL opens up some opportunities for that. But I think what you just touched on is this whole other massive value add around, what it what it's like to be a student athlete and feeling like so much of your daily life so much of your your future is a little bit out of your hands especially in this nil era right like there's so many conversations happening at the legislative level at the ncaa level at the institutional level where, where the student athlete doesn't have a voice in that conversation um and you know what a, what a great tool to be able to provide literally the definition of you get to tell your story as an individual and amplify that across multiple channels. Um, what's some of the feedback you've heard from student athletes? You know, there's, there's a lot of pressures. There's a lot of challenges. Is there like a, you know, is there a mental health uh, kind of a value add here to what you guys are able to do as well? 
Yeah, I mean, again, it sounds maybe a bit cheesy, but it's one of the most rewarding parts of, of what we're doing with the storytelling product of just getting that feedback from the athletes of, you know, thanking us for, you know, allowing them to literally tell their story the way they wanted to. And again, also by us giving them editorial control, they don't have to worry about saying something during the interview that, you know, they don't want to have in that story. Or, you know, like we're not a newspaper that takes things out of context or whatever. Again, like they get full hmm. control um, and that really resonates with them. And yeah, I mean, a lot of the partners that we work with, I mean, some specifically hone in on, let's say, Title IX stories, some hone hmm. in on mental health stories. So everybody uses it a little bit differently. And um, yeah, when these athletes do open up to us and then thank us for for just helping them kind of put their words into a story, it, it's it's pretty rewarding, not going to lie. Yeah. Chris, could do you guys work with the collectives at all? Like, could there is there a vehicle where the collectives are actually like helping helping with this, or what are your thoughts on on that? Yeah, we we have two active partnerships with two collectives, um, and we are talking to to plenty um, other collectives too. Of really, just in this case, we kind of pitch it as a you know, tell the stories of those deals that you, for instance, help facilitate and, and what it was like for the athlete, what it was like for the brand um, and that kind of stuff. But look, let's be real. Similar to what Adam talked about earlier, a lot of these collectives are, are having other issues right now and, and aren't always, you know, um, per se thinking of, of, of it from the angle we're looking at. So they have other, you know, things just kind of on their minds right now. But once they start facilitating those deals and want to, I mean, it's a marketing vehicle for them, right? To get these stories told um, beyond maybe that, that one social post that will, you know, that's part of the deal. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely an avenue in there. There are fortunately a lot of collectives that, that embrace, you know, the content slash storytelling piece. Um, so yeah, we have those conversations uh, yeah. for sure. That's been something I've been talking to quite a few collectives and like kind of asking about their marketing. And it's like, what are you doing to storytell? Mm-hmm. What are you doing to, you know, like I think Hoosiers for good, they've, they've been putting out a lot of really good content and, and, and some things. And it's, it's been cool to watch and see how they're positioning that. I always just like to get, to get that take. Well, yep. cool. Chris, what's next for FanWord? What, what should we be expecting? What does it look like? Tell us, tell us next plans as we, uh, as we start to wrap. Yeah, so I mean, we're actually also kind of starting a fundraise um, to really kind of support uh, where we're going. So anyone interested in having a conversation, uh, reach out on LinkedIn or Twitter (laughs) or wherever else. Um, But yeah, I mean, again, things are going really well, which is great. Um, The storytelling continues to flourish, which is really, you know, awesome. We we, we come up with some really neat uh, partnership announcements in the next few weeks, which we're super excited about. And then, yeah, I mean, long term, we really, really are going to push Boost um, as kind of hopefully becoming the baseline of FanWord and everything else kind of integrating as services, um, including obviously the storytelling that's still, you know, we still will work with the athletic institutions, obviously, and do all that fun stuff. But really think that there's a a big need and value add for that directory. So we're going to push that pretty heavily and then continue to focus also on on the content creation the storytelling for sure so um long story short lots of exciting stuff happening and then yeah we're pumped for it about it awesome 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 well we appreciate this uh everyone this is chris from fanward we are here with adam and sean from campus inc with another episode of the nil show chris thanks so much for joining us today and uh we'll have to keep in touch yeah i had a lot of fun here guys so appreciate it uh, thanks, thanks a lot. chris All right. We'll talk to you soon.
Take care, everyone. Hey everyone, Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Just wanted to say thanks again for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any team wear, custom merchandise, rec or youth league jerseys, uh, fraternity and sorority wear, or company merchandise, we're always here for you. You can find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store.